0: Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini. He'll shoot, save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six ends remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the nearest... lead. This is Juan. And this is Tim. Morning, it's in a turtleneck.
1: You're
0: listening to WCBN.
1: WCBN, FM, FMN and Carver. Live from Summer Smash Festival. I'm, I'm on the roof of a car making money. <laughs>
0: German
1: war is happening. We may allow ourselves a brief period. After the war, new technology revolutionized the electronics industry. Television threatened to destroy radio. But another invention, the transistor, made radio more important and useful than ever. Radio lives today as a vital medium for bringing news, discussion, and music to millions of listeners all over the world.
0: You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
1: Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Well, (laughs) on Wednesday, as the saying goes, I think some pundit put this quite well. I don't know who said this, but I liked it. (laughs) Monday will be uh, the 5th of November for most folks. But in Washington, it'll be the first day of 2016. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, this uh, election is uh, going to be interesting, simply because there are so many Senate seats up in the air, as well as gubernatorial races. Uh, one would think, given Obama's uh, situ- situation, that he'd uh, that the Republicans would be running away with things, but they're not, and it's going to be a very interesting night. Overtime seems likely. Uh, It may come down to the Alaska Senate race. I don't know when they announce results out in Alaska, but uh, they come in pretty late. And that's a too-close-to-call kind of a race where a Democrat is trying to hold on to a seat that they unexpectedly won several years ago when a teabagger was uh, in the race. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm surprised that Rick Snyder is still not really being called a winner here in the state of Michigan. We'll give out a brain damage award to Terry Lynn Land. I think she's the absolute worst (laughs) Senate candidate in America. I don't even know where she's been for the last two months.
0: Well, interestingly, in an article in today's Free Press about last-minute fund drive by candidates... Uh, speaking of uh, Terry Lynn Land, that uh, the amount of money that the right-wingers have been throwing into her coffers has uh, dropped off. It says here, uh, outside spending on Terry Lynn Land has fallen to a dribble. <laughs> Not too surprising, given her uh, reluctance to engage in discourse or debate. And uh, Well, she hardly seems to even
1: be campaigning. She seems to issue statements through a press spokesman. I
0: don't right. know what this is all about. A group called Americans for Prosperity. So you know they represent regular working folks. No, no, of course not. That's some sort of chamber of commerce uh, coalition. Americans for Prosperity spent $5 million on TV ads for Terry Linland, has spent less than 15000 in the last week on internet ads uh, for that candidate, which is a, a spit in the bucket as they say when you consider that uh over this last weekend uh governor snyder has received uh, an incoming uh million dollars or so he spent 12 million dollars thus mm-hmm. far as of late october on his campaign whereas uh democrat shower has spent uh about 4.7 million so it is surprising that snyder's not a cinch, given that he's outspent shower like three to one. Yeah. And, and
1: of course he's run a somewhat uninspired campaign himself. He seems to be kind of unwilling to defend Snyder. Yeah. Defend some of his more centrist votes, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, This I think is one of the problems with this election. It's too much about personalities and local issues. (laughs) And weird inanimate objects like uh, fans and chickens and pig—do I say this? Pig scrotums.
0: <laughs> well, anytime you can get a pig scrotum into a political conversation, it's uh, it's always going to be a win-win scenario <laughs> for somebody.
1: The female uh, Senate candidate from Iowa has the ad of the year, as the as the punditocracy keeps talking about. How she'll cut pork because she castrated hogs when she was young. Yikes. I don't know how that qualifies you for the U.S. Senate. I'd like to know if she'd castrate some uh,
0: corporations. But, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before, the debacle that election campaigns have become here. It's turned into, over the last, I don't know what, decade and a half, maybe longer, um, an industry that supports and perpetuates itself. Um I mean, I've mentioned how much money was spent on ads for Terry Lynn Land. Uh, outside spending on Land's behalf uh, is at about $15 million.
1: Yeah, and this outside spending in, in virtually every state is uh, really troubling because now, of course, they're going into judicial races. Right. And uh, distorting all kinds of things with uh, with the
0: ads and the propaganda. To be fair, Peters' uh, outside spending is uh above that at 19 million but my point is just in this race alone that's over 30 million dollars yeah spent on flyers and advertisements and this is an industry uh that perpetuates itself well it's staggering that the state of North Carolina
1: would have 110 million dollars this is what the new york times reported today of total spending um that's ridiculous uh you know how many time zones they have in the Soviet Union? <laughs> Eleven.
0: No, you know when, when people talk about uh, you know jobs, for example, which uh, isn't even many, an issue in this campaign. Right? <laughs> <laughs> how many jobs are generated by this kind of spending? And uh, you know, a, a few, I suppose, in the advertising realm. Television loves this sort of spending, of course, because it's a it's a feeding frenzy for yeah, and it benefits up the, the ads,
1: the internet uh, as well. Um, which, of course, is part of the new game in town. My own sort of hunch about this election is that I think that Shaheen and Hagan are going to hold on for the Democrats in New Hampshire, Shaheen in New Hampshire and Hagan in North Carolina, but uh, the Democrats clearly have problems uh, holding on to Colorado and Iowa. Um, Bradley in Iowa has run a incompetent campaign to some degree, and Mark Udall has... <clears throat> has kind of allowed himself to be boxed in with uh, an unfocused and overly focused message about women's rights. There are also some local uh, issues in Colorado that are in play, Uh, immigration, guns. This was a uh, state legislature that, in response to the Aurora shooting, uh, passed some gun legislation that's uh, come back to hurt the Democrats, interestingly enough but not surprising. Colorado, of course, being called a purple state. But uh, this is almost an issue-free campaign, (laughs) and it's really troubling when Mitch McConnell in Kentucky, who probably will win, unfortunately. Uh, I think he's one of the really, really outstanding bad guys of the last 20 years. Um, I don't know if Obama's going to come out and If the Republicans take control of the Senate, unfortunately, we'll probably have to wait for the runoffs in Georgia and uh, Louisiana that uh, are weeks away before we'll really know about what's going to happen in the Senate. But the fact that you you basically have a House of Representatives that is really polling below, you know, in the low 20s. The low teens recall, of course, that they the were... Bedbugs and chiggers. Yeah, lice and... Pulled more highly than Congress. And I think many it's Americans... It's amazing that most of them are going to be reelected. Right. It, it, it's really a shame, and it d- demonstrates that the gerrymandering problem that the 2010 election was crucial. And, of course, this makes the 2016 election crucial because who's ever president will undoubtedly be running for re-election in 2020. And those... Decade elections are the gerrymander elections, and those are the off-year elections that are critical, um, in my opinion. And the Democratic Party has run a strange campaign, in my opinion, to some degree. They're running away from Obama, who obviously has Um, approval ratings that they think are really bad. But if you look more closely at the ratings, they're really not that bad. He's lost some support
0: on the far left uh, because of his drone policy. Support uh, from that wing of the party has never been consistent for Obama anyway.
1: Civil liberties. You know, there are a couple of issues where he's been disappointing for far liberals like myself, but I I mean, I think when you look at Obama's legacy, it's actually pretty impressive, Uh, realistically, objectively. This is a a president that inherited the worst recession since the Great Depression. He's got us out of Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, Some voters in Colorado didn't seem to know that. Uh, He had to deal with this complicated uh, TARP situation coming into office, and they passed a stimulus that 92% 92% of mainstream, mainstream economists believe worked. Uh, it didn't work as well as it could have because it might have been inadequate. And how interesting that uh, a day or two after the Federal Reserve announced that it's uh, suspending so-called quantitative easing, uh, which I'm sure is a term that uh, less than 2% of American voters know anything about, the Japanese central bank, pumped about 600 to $700 billion of stimulus into their moribund economy. Uh, of course, it's interesting that Obamacare has almost disappeared as an issue as well. Uh, the Republicans have had over 50 votes in the House to repeal the law, uh, knowing full well that that's not going to go anywhere. So let's have some more votes by the House of Representatives. John Boehner needs something to do because he's not doing anything. But the fascinating thing to me about the Obamacare uh, thing is that it's a branding, advertising concept. And a Kaiser poll from mid-March when there were continuing problems with the so-called rollout of Obamacare showed that the American people actually like Obamacare pretty substantially. Though they don't like, if they're polled on the term
0: Obamacare, they don't like it. Well, but who made that term up? It was used as a pejorative, right? Sure. As a as a negative branding attempt from those who opposed
1: it. And of course at one point uh at at some sort of a campaign uh appearance I think when he was running for re-election, he he said, "Well, I'll gladly accept uh the t- the term." Um this is what's interesting. This is from a uh a New York Review of uh, Books uh, article um dated May 8th by uh, Michael Tomaski, Uh, how bad for Obama and the Democrats when it looked like they were going to get slaughtered. Um, He talks specifically about the Obamacare aspects of the bill. 80% of Americans approve the extension of dependent coverage. 79% approve of prescription donut hole subsidies. 77% approve of Medicaid expansion, 74% of guaranteed health care. And the only aspect of Obamacare that uh, was below 50% in terms of the public's uh, understanding of what the law really did, and of course, we down here on Gray Matters think that we should go to a single-payer system, or at least I do, and uh, this is the first step towards Mm -hmm. that. But the only thing that a majority of Americans actually oppose are the individual mandates, whatever those mean. Well, we know what they mean. And, of course, uh, the initial reports on Obamacare are that it's greatly reduced the number of uninsured people. It's brought costs down uh, in in some areas, though, uh, obviously, insurance companies are probably going to jack these things up uh, in in the near future um, in an effort to link Obamacare to the rise in premiums. And I'd like to also point out that Obama, in the last 100 years, there are only two presidents that have received more than 50% of the vote in two elections. Who are they? Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Ike Eisenhower. Not even Reagan got 50% of the vote when he won in 1980.
0: The so-called mandate
1: mandate. And that's, of course, going to be the obnoxious thing that we're going to be listening to uh, post-election. We'll be talking probably, as I say, about overtime, these these runoffs in the South. Of course, they have runoffs in Louisiana and Georgia to prevent African-Americans from holding those seats. Uh, let's not uh, fool ourselves about why those <laughs> aspects of their runoff situation are in the law, because we don't have runoffs uh, in very many states, but the ones that we do are all in the Confederacy. Uh, no surprise there. But um, I really think that the the polling perception of Obama has been somewhat misinterpreted, um, and you know it's it's even fascinating on the on the uh, the, the numbers related to uh, his uh, his so-called you know failure in the war on terror and the ISIS problem, uh, you know, we have ample evidence that the vast majority of Americans actually support what Obama is doing uh, with the ISIS problem. Instead, what we get is a barrage of, of, of comments and hysteria about Ebola. Well, what's the update on Ebola? One person's dead. Several people have recovered and are back in uh, circulation. People that actually are healthcare workers that uh, went to Liberia or were exposed to the one individual in Dallas, Texas, at a private hospital that uh, seems to have had some gaps in their procedures. One person's dead. And we've, we've had this big debate about the quarantine. This was a big issue last week with the uh, somewhat. Uh, Forceful nurse that refused to be quarantined because she said, I don't have any symptoms. What do you want me to do? Why do I need to stay in a tent? Well, we didn't get very many answers from Chris Christie. Uh, He's running for president, and he's been around Michigan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, tooting his horn for uh, Rick Snyder. Snyder. I don't understand why. But where Terry Lynn Land is, is is anybody's guess. (laughs) Why would anybody want Chris Christie coming around? and hanging around with you. I mean, his, his uh, reputation's not been great lately. Well, you know, the,
1: the things that we don't know about the Ebola epidemic are, are I mean, there are things we don't know. Um, but it strikes me that the mandatory quarantine, uh, which is interesting because it, it, it sort of peripherally refers to the individual mandate with respect to mm. health coverage, uh, you know the the governor of Maine, uh, a rabid right wing kook, who is maybe not going to be reelected because that's a three way race. Mm. He's a he's he's got that job because he got 38 percent of the vote last time out. Paul LePage, he, he he went to court. He's the guy that hates government, but he's the one that went to court to make a big issue out of this uh, nurse that would not. Uh, subject herself to quarantine Um, that's a kind of legitimate government issue does the does the government have a right to force a quarantine in a situation like this might have been nice if we'd gotten some actual actually clear ruling on the matter Uh, one other state to really watch by the way is kansas Uh, this is a very interesting late development kansas is one of the most republican states in america and both the governor, the sitting governor, and the uh, incumbent senator are both in toss-up races. Uh, Mr. Brownback, Sam Brownback, who ran for president a couple years ago and used to be the senator from uh, Kansas, um, cut taxes uh, substantially in the state of Kansas. In other words, the Koch brothers got huge tax cuts, for which they're spending tens of billions of dollars again there's there's been a barrage of late independent spending that's linked to the Koch brothers though apparently the disclosure uh, the disclosures are not quite really disclosures it's there's an inference about it because we know what the message is all about this is last second negative campaigning but i would say that if brownback or pat roberts are defeated either one of them that would be an indication that the Republicans are just not quite there yet. They have, a, as they say in football, uh, because obviously the Democrats are going to have to rely on our last second ground game tomorrow to win some of these seats, they have home field advantage in almost all of these races. Uh, these are most, for the most part, either red states or purple states. They don't seem to be winning any blue states, uh, I guess Michigan is now kind of officially or unofficially called a blue state. but uh, you know when you look at the state legislature in Michigan, and of course we have a must we? yeah, it's 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 pathetic. <laughs> it's, it's they've an been embarrassment. Running, they've been running uh, Michigan for quite some time, 20, 20 years now, maybe longer. Term limits one of the worst mistakes Michigan voters ever made. What have they done for us? Well, they don't fix the roads. that gets gummed up. They stalled on the bridge to Canada. They've, they've ob- obstructed in that area. And their big accomplishment is cutting funding to the schools Right, It has because, made
0: Michigan one of the yeah. worst achievement states in America. That money has been funneled into charter schools, yeah. which are private concerns. And uh, I With mean questionable links to There are uh, new
1: studies that businesses. show, you know, this is a study that I heard about, an academic study in which they compared Maryland, Massachusetts, Florida, and Michigan. Michigan came out last amongst those, those uh, four states regarding education policy and what the state government has done to enhance K through 12 achievement. And Michigan has done all the wrong things, basically. And well, it's interesting yeah. here locally, by the way, that we have this this initiative about merging Whitmore Lake's school system with Ann Arbor. I'm troubled by that. I'm not sure who that's meant to benefit. Be- not because there isn't some, you know, reason, you know, let's let's face facts. Whitmore Lake's voters didn't approve the millage. Yep. That's what this is about. This is about the tax cut nonsense, the, the Sam Brownback bull. Uh, Kansas, by the way, has massive deficits. Uh, Reaganomics has been proven yet again not to create jobs, but to create deficits and redistribute wealth. That's what it does. It redistributes wealth upwards,
0: not downwards. Americans for prosperity are them what already have prospered. (laughs) Yes. And so this Whitmore Lake proposal
1: regarding Ann Arbor My problem with it is that they're not adjacent to one another. They're nearby, but the the transportation logistics of combining Whitmore Lake with Ann Arbor strike me as exceedingly problematic. U.S. 23 is a nightmare, (laughs) if you've ever driven on it, uh, either in the morning... Especially at commuting hours, right? right. Or the evening.
0: It's a dangerous stretch of road,
1: too. Um, And I don't know how this is going to work. You're you're not going to be able to use Whitmore Lake Road... To haul students into Ann Arbor, which I think is the proposal. It's a little unclear. What Lake built a, a school a couple of years ago, a new high school, and, and it seems like Ann Arbor is supposed to fund this now, because their voters don't want to don't want the state to take over. Yeah, this well, is this a- should be the issue of of the Michigan gubernatorial race. You know, what is what is uh, Snyder uh, doing for the city of Detroit? Who knows? Inquiring <sighs> minds want to know. Um, so I, I have some problems with the co- combination of Whitmore Lake with with Ann Arbor's school district. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: What? You used to teach in the well, Ann Arbor Indeed. And in fact, a uh, person uh, who I used to work with, uh, who I respected a great deal, who worked in the special ed department at my school, uh, felt very strongly that the uh, institution known as the WISD, the Washtenaw Intermediate School District was itself an onerous burden on the budget of the local schools. It's a sort of an umbrella group that tries to bring teachers together for state mandated professional development and so forth. But it becomes one of those sort of self-perpetuating charities that sort of uh, becomes a, you know, it's on paper. It looks like a good idea, but it's a lot of infrastructural costs that would be better used in the actual buildings where students are taught. Yeah, uh, and so adding a new charge to essentially ex- expanding the WISD would be bad for Ann Arbor students.
1: Yeah, and WISD for the record is out in the country on two lane roads. It's right <laughs> difficult to get to. There's traffic problems in that part of Ann Arbor uh, in the morning and in the evening. Um there seems to be a kind of a lack of th- planning here regarding the infrastructure aspects. Uh, it's fascinating to realize that Amtrak is going to be expanded, one of the few accomplishments that Rick Snyder should be crowing about, but he doesn't seem to want to talk about Amtrak. After all, he accepted the money. Well, John Kasich, yeah. Scott Walker, and Rick, don't call me a Medicare crook, who's running for re-election in Florida, um, turned down the money. Snyder, to his credit, said, we'll take the Amtrak money and make the trip from Detroit, the Detroit area, to Chicago uh, quicker, more realistic. Another example of the obstructionism of the of the Republican Party and the state legislature is this bridge to Canada. Yeah Everybody knows that this had to be redone, but we have a billionaire named Mr. Maroon, who seems to be the Koch brothers' version of uh, funneling money to state legislatures, Mm. state legislators. And as the saying goes, I like my politicians bought. Once they're bought, they need to stay bought. And that's what's going on. That's what's been going on here. And the delays, when Canada's been willing to pretty much foot the bill, for the most part, have been... Inexcusable. I mean, this project was originally proposed by Granholm over a decade ago, I believe. And the delays, I mean, when you hear that this might be ready by 2020, this is the party of business? Right. (laughs) Really? Where? What's the evidence of it? They don't want to educate our students so that they can work these jobs that a lot of big businesses and small businesses say we can't find high school kids that can
0: add numbers together or read blueprints or... Well, and and, you know, Governor Snyder essentially uh, ran one of the biggest businesses in the world out of the state when he declined to extend the tax uh, credit benefits to the film industry.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, everything about the state of Michigan is strange in that I don't understand how or why the Republican Party continues to hold all this power in the state legislature other than its gerrymandering yeah. it's it's a self perpetuating uh political <laughs> i don't know what to call it it's just it's 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 a racket it's a racket beep. it's, a racket. <laughs> it's it, there's something terribly wrong here and well, of course the issues as i say the real big issues even nationally or internationally have all been ignored economic issues climate change uh, global migration, emigration. There are 220 million people unemployed globally. This is at the heart of the so-called terrorism problem that uh, the, the people are so fearful of. Fear is working, and I hate to say it, this election is about stupidity. <laughs> it's the stupidity, stupid.
0: <laughs> well... uh, Michigan is one of the few places that Obama has actually gone to yeah. uh, campaign. Uh, he was in the Detroit area and I think many Americans, if not most, are willing to concede that the biggest footnote to Obama's legacy or you know lack thereof is the you know at best obstructionist Congress um, at worst, you know, uh explicitly and openly condemnatory. I mean, they're not willing to compromise at all, unlike past Congresses where uh Well Mitch McConnell is so optimistic of a Republican wave that
1: he's even openly talking about being the majority leader already. That this has been one of
0: his lifetime goals. Ugh. Well he's been <laughs> sniffing the fumes there, but uh one great quote here to illustrate as we come into the waning minutes of the program oh
1: we are out of time i guess we we were kind of at a disadvantage with our clock situation because we just set them back but uh, thanks to andrew for engineering Uh, i'd like to uh thank him once again uh stay tuned for yazoo city calling coming up right here on wcbn fm ann arbor
0: uh we are out of time yep i guess so so stay tuned Well, Well, make sure you go out and vote tomorrow uh, whatever you're going to vote for or against. Do it it anyway.
1: German war is at an end. We may allow ourselves a brief period
0: of rejoicing.
1: After the war, new technology revolutionized the electronics industry. Television threatened to destroy radio. But another invention, the transistor, made radio more important and useful than ever. Radio lives today as a vital medium for bringing news, discussion, and music to millions of listeners all over the world. You are listening to WCBN FM, Ann Arbor. Good evening, it's now 7 o'clock and time for Yazoo City Calling, our weekly down-home tribute to the original American Blues. Broadcasting to you live every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. on 88.3 FM. My name is Weston, and I'm your host this week. We're going to start today's broadcast with a recording made by Tommy McLennan in 1941. This is called Deep Sea Blues, but if you'd like to call and make a request, 734-763-3500. Let's get it started, though, with Tommy McLennan, Deep Sea Blues from 1941.
0: Make this right now. Listen this, this my God. I'm one baby, I'm white. crying won't make me stay. Cause the more you cry now, nah, now, nah, baby, for you drive me away. For well, you drive me away. I mean drive me away, for well, you drive me away.